Isaiah chapter 9, if you will. We have been looking at Christmas, preparing our hearts, and of course, we couldn't go anywhere without studying this portion of Scripture. So we look to Isaiah 9, verse 6. I'm sure you're aware of it. If not, you need to learn it. And uh, let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Heavenly Father, we look to your word for revelation and knowledge to grow in the wisdom and stature of the Lord. We look to see your plans and your purposes for us, what you've called us to and to become. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do that work even now, to cause us, Lord God, to be stirred and to grow, to be challenged, and Lord God, to be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah is prophesying of the one who is to come. And he says in 7.14 that, uh, uh, Behold, I will give you a sign, a virgin shall conceive. In 11 he says, a, a root, a, a shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse. And, and he says that this child is going to be called Emmanuel. He even, Isaiah the prophet, named his children prophetically to speak to the kingdom. But there's this son that Isaiah's talking about that's going to be beyond his own flesh and blood. It's going to be a son from Israel that is going to be pretty amazing. And I'd like to read that to you, starting at verse 6. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And I read this entire portion of Scripture because before we can begin to unpack it, we have to have the motivation behind it, the heart behind it, and the heart behind all of this is this. The zeal of the Lord shall perform this. In other words, this is something God waits and can't wait to perform it's something that he's got his entire heart behind God wants to do this thing his zeal is in this from start to finish his zeal if you'll remember a couple weeks ago when God named all of creation called it forth brought forth man out of the ground and brought Eve to man he said and this is what very good. He was not only speaking of his creation at that moment, he was not only speaking of mankind in that time, but he was speaking of his plan for all eternity for mankind. He knew what was coming, he knew what would fail, and in seeing all of this, he had a plan, he had a purpose, and he said, this is very good. And that's why God is zealous about this coming of this child to mankind. His zeal is in this thing. So let's break this down. Let's begin to look at it, but with an attitude of zeal. Can we, can we get the heart of God on this thing? God's excited about this. And His excitement doesn't end till Christ returns. So how many of you know God's excited about Christmas? He's zealous for this activity. Let's take a look at it. Let's start right at the top. Verse 6, for unto us, stop right there. This is an amazing thought right now. For unto us, God's zeal, think about it, consider this, God's zeal is for whom? Us. 
so loved God the world that He gave His only begotten Son. His zeal is for us. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. God's whole zealousness, His whole heart, His whole anticipation for this to take place is for you and I. You're in the zeal of God right now. You're in the favor of God. You're in the heart of God. It's unto us that He did all of this. We're in a community of people who need to recognize this is given to us. What a gift. Christmas is about Jesus, but Jesus is God's zeal unto us. Talk about a gift. Talk about something to celebrate. For unto us a child is given. I could stay on this for an hour. For unto us... That's the reason we need to tell those people out there. There's a Savior that's here for them. God's zeal was to save the lost, that none should perish. His zeal, His heart, is that no one would be lost. His heart is that all would be saved, and the Savior died for everyone. We've got a message. Hey, it's for you. Unto us this happened. How can we hold it in? How can we say it's ours and not theirs? How could there ever be an us versus them? It's all of us. For unto us this child was born. A son is given. Now this speaks of His humanity. That the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. For unto us a child is what? Born. The second Adam. The last Adam. The man who would represent all of mankind to restore us back to the Father. A child is born. It's miraculous in its birth. It's to a virgin. And by the virgin birth, he bypassed the curse upon Adam. But being a man fully and having human blood, he gave his blood spotless and pure for our redemption. For us, a child is born. Now it speaks of his eternality. A son is given. The son existed before he came. The Word, the Son of God, was eternally the Son. Always the Son. Always subordinate to the Father. The Word is the emanation, the expression of the Father. Anytime God communicated, that's His Word. That's Jesus. His wisdom expressed, that's Christ. His Word spoken, that's Christ. His creative efforts, that's Christ. It's Jesus. And He is the eternal Son doing the eternal will of the Father. And with what activity? With zeal. It pleased Jesus zealously to serve His Father, to love His Father. It's zeal that took Him to the cross. Yet for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. Why? For unto us He was given, and unto the Father He would give Himself. It's all about the love of God, the zeal of God. Is somebody getting excited with me? This is a gift. This is a gift. A child is born a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. He's going to shoulder this whole thing. Oh, is Jesus' shoulders big enough to handle all this? Absolutely. He's the Word that made everything. He can handle this. Believe me, He can handle this. And the government shall be upon His shoulders. He shall rule and reign. He shall be King of kings and Lord of all lords. He will rule and reign with righteousness, with justice. And so this authority is upon him, this child that was given, this son that is delivered unto 
us. That's who he is. And then he goes on to say his name. Now he doesn't say, and his names shall be, but his name shall be. This is one name. This is a compound name. And in the Hebrew, it's Peleo, it's El Gabor, Aviad, Shalom. That's one name. That's a long name. Next time you cry out to Jesus, say, Oh, Peleo, it's El Gabor, Aviad, Shalom. Or you could say Jesus. Yeshua, Lord, Master, God help me. Any way you can get it out, get it out. <laughs> He's faithful to be there to honor you. But let's break that name down. It's, it's, it's a tremendous name. It's an awesome name. It begins with wonder, doesn't it? It begins to be awestruck. We, if you're going to approach God, you first need to understand He's God and you're not. He's awesome and you're not. Okay, I know your girlfriend said you are, but you're really not. He is. God is awesome. He's wonderful. Just reverse that. In other words, he's full of wonder. He's incomprehensible. He's beyond what we could ask or even imagine in prayer. He is above all, through all, in all. God is awesome. He is full of wonder. It means that he is a wonder worker, Pele. It means that he is a miracle worker. God can take something that is not and make it God speaks it into existence. God can take something broken and fix it. God can redeem. God can restore. Look what he did with us. He is wonderful, wonderful, miracle working, full of awesome power. That's Pele. Then we go to the next word, which is Yoetz, which means counselor. He's the greatest counselor there ever was. In fact, he's a full of wonder counselor. He's an awesome counselor. He is a miracle-working counselor. Can you imagine the sign on his door when you go to see a counselor? It's just right above it, it's just awesome counselor. That's the counselor I want to go to. You got Bernie, you got Joe, you got Lois, and then you've got the awesome counselor. I'm going to knock on that door. We go to so many different places for counseling. God, thank God for counselors. Thank God for wisdom and people that are smart. But can I tell you, there is an awesome miracle-working counselor who executes the will of God to perfection. He knows the heart of the Father, and he speaks on our behalf. It says that he intercedes for us day and night. How many of you want a counselor like that? He never stops counseling. He never stops giving his voice to us. He speaks. His intercession is nonstop. He ever liveth to make intercession. And so with that, his spirit is in us. Romans 8.26 says that when we are weak and we don't know what to pray for and ignorant, the spirit with groanings intercedes on our behalf the perfect will of the Father. And so the Spirit of God is interceding to speak His will to us. Jesus is interceding day and night to declare His will to us. It's never stopping. He's zealous. He's zealous unto us to have His kingdom move in our hearts and lives. Why are we unplugging from that? Why are we turning a deaf ear from it? Why are we noticing the things around us instead of the voice that's speaking in us? 
Elijah wanted to hear it in the thunder. Elijah wanted to see it in the lightning. He wanted to feel it in the earthquake. But the voice never stopped. It stopped in Elijah because of fear, because he was afraid of old Jezebel. He was afraid, and, and fear kills and crushes our listening ears. But this word never stops. How many of you ever feel like God stopped talking to you? Oh, you chickens. How many of you ever felt God stop talking to you? All right, see? Come on. Not me. You look around, I'm good. We all do, but it's not him. He never stops. He never stops. It's like the oxygen on this planet. Does it stop? Does it stop? It doesn't stop. It's here. Everything in creation's here. The sun rises again. He never stops speaking to us through creation, through all things. Listen, his communication isn't bland. It isn't boring. It's not, uh, it's not like watching PBS, you know? <laughs> it's, it's zealous. Zeal. He's communicating to you with zeal. The wonderful counselor is trying to give wisdom. Proverbs 8 says that wisdom stands in the middle of the street crying out, who will listen to me? That's Jesus. He's zealous for his people to hear. Oh, if my people would hear me, the psalmist said. That's the zeal of God. It's everywhere. He's speaking to you in the bird that just flew overhead. He's speaking to you in the song you heard on the radio. How many of you had that? right? You're driving along. He's speaking to you in a still, small voice. He's speaking to you when you get cut off. And he's saying, see, I told you about that attitude. He's talking to you all the time. He's speaking into our soul. He's zealous unto us for us to hear the wonderful counsel that he has. Why are we wasting all the zealous glory of God on the trash of this world? We listen to the music that is just trash. We watch the shows that are foolishness. We're wasting so much time when the zealous, wonderful, awesome counsel of God is available. Click. (laughs) Click. Come on, how many of you have over 3,000 channels on your TV and you can't find anything to watch? (laughs) Something's wrong. With us! Get rid of it. Throw it out. There's one channel that should excite you and thrill you beyond measure. This. We've got to rediscover this, brothers and sisters. This is a crazy book. This will give you everything you need. This is crazy, this book. It's got adventure. It's got all sorts of stuff. Better be careful with it. Wonderful. Counselor. He combines God's purposes with his miraculous counsel to give us what we need. Then we go on to the next word. Wonderful counselor. He is also called the mighty God. Now, uh, not to be confused with El Shaddai. El Shaddai is God Almighty. And uh, of course, Jesus is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. We know that. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. We understand that. but, But God chooses in this name to be El Gabor, 
not El Shaddai. El Gabor is a very important name that God chose to declare who Jesus is going to be. Jesus is the all wisdom and counsel of God. He is the miracle worker who could touch the lame and heal the sick. He was all that, but he is also El Gabor. He is El Gabor, El meaning God, but Gabor meaning warrior. He's the mighty warrior God. Because Jesus came here for a fight. Jesus came here to defeat something. He came to destroy the power of death and the grave and sin that causes us to be condemned by the law of God. You know how he defeated the devil? He came to destroy the power of death that the devil uses against us because the law of God condemns us and the devil reminds everybody of that law. But he destroyed the devil by fulfilling the law so that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Totally disarming the devil and destroying his power, absolutely, and his power over death. The blood of Jesus is what has fulfilled the law. And I want you to understand something. El Gabor had a great fight, and he went to this fight surrendering his life. Because of the zeal he had for the Father. The zeal he had, yet for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He went into a fight and he gave up his life knowing that in this wrestle match, in this fight with death, that he would be taken under in death only to arise and defeat it completely in three days. Hallelujah. Actually, let me fix that. Let me clarify In three hours on the cross, he said what? It is finished. It was done there. It was done there. And we thank God for that. El Gabor, the mighty warrior, fought your fight by taking on our sin. Unto us, he was a warrior. Unto us, he gave his life. Miracle worker. Wonderful wisdom and knowledge. And our fighter, our hero who saved us. I want you to understand something. This this was all done unto us. It was for us. And I want you to consider the zeal of God that He had to remove sin and to vanquish it. He came to fulfill the law. Don't anyone here think for one moment that God overlooked sin. That God looked another way. Don't Don't ever use grace as an excuse to sin. Don't ever think that, well, I've got grace, God will just forgive me. That sin you committed cost Him. Every sin. There will be no sin that didn't go unpunished. It all got punished on Jesus on the cross. Don't ever think for a minute, well, it was a small one. He can forgive me of that. Or that God just brushes sin aside. Oh, that's not that bad. We can work with that one. Every sin ever committed by a human being was paid the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. It cost. The only pardon we have, that's the grace of God. It cost God everything. And it was freely given unto us. That's El Gabor, the mighty warrior. He fought for us. Amen? And then there's Abiad, the everlasting father. Now, uh, the word ad, A-D, in Hebrew means everlasting, eternal. Don't get this confused as if Jesus is the Father. Jesus is one with the Father, but He is not the Father. He is distinct from the Father in the triunity of God. 
He is not the Father, but He is the Father of eternity. You see, Abba means Father, and Ad means eternity. So what it means is He's the progenerator or the source of eternal life. He is the Father of eternal life. No one can come into salvation or have eternal life except through whom? Jesus, the progenerator or the Father that offers eternal life. Do you get this? The one who gave mankind eternal life. That's Abiad. That's the everlasting Father, or reverse it, the Father of eternal life is Jesus Christ. So you must come through Christ to have the birth of eternal life. Now what's amazing about Abiad, it's Abba for Father, but Abi, A-B with the letter I, makes it personal. So now it's not just the Father of eternal life, it is my Father of eternal life. It's unto us that He gave personal eternal life. He is my everlasting Father. He is my progenitor. He's my source of eternal life. How about you? There's no other source. We all cry out that He's the only source of eternal life. He's my Savior. He's my healer. And He has given me eternal life. That's the Father of eternity. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Aren't you Pleased with what God has given unto us in that name. Last of all is Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom is the Prince of Peace. The, the Prince, that means that He is the authority. He is the owner. He is the one who brings Shalom to us. Shalom means peace. Now, in Western society, peace is, hey man, peace, love, understanding. Yeah, cool. And we say, oh, you know, it just means like, like we can chill out and feel good about things, all right? Substances can do that for you, but you can still be a mess. The Hebrew concept of peace, of shalom, is an ordered life. Your life is in the order of God. Seek ye first the kingdom, and what? All these things shall be added. That's shalom. These things shall follow when you are in the right structure of shalom with God. Christ is your prince. Jesus is your king. You got any other arrangement here, you're not going to have peace. And some of our households, some of our lives, some of our emotions are really messed up. And there's no peace in us. And I can tell you why. The order is all out of whack. How many of you have spines? Okay, I'm just checking. Just checking. Disc after disc set in order. What happens when one of those things gets out of whack? Ooh. No shalom there. But what happens when that guy cracks you and bends you and twists you and puts these things and crackle, crackle, snap, pop? What happens when this thing gets in order? We've got alignment. We've got alignment. And so the prince, the key, the chief of shalom, that whole name means that he is in the top rank of your order of life. If your finances are out of order, get Shar Shalom, put Christ first in your finance. Get everything set around Him first. If your marriage is out of order, put Christ in the center of it and both of you bow on your knees to the Lord Jesus and His Lordship over your marriage instead of your attitudes and actions. It's the peace of Christ that aligns everything in order. And so many of us sit here, we worship God, we thank Him, we celebrate God, and we, we enjoy Him, tell Him He's our Lord, but we don't give Him lordship over half the things of our lives, and we wonder why everything's out of whack. Christians out of whack because Jesus isn't prince of your shalom. 
This is essential. And so he is the Prince of Peace when we yield to him and bow before him. Pele Yoetz El Gabor Avi Aj Sar Shalom. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's who he is. Amen? That's who he is. And he was given to us. And God is zealous about Jesus. Zealous about his plan. Let's go on, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no what? End. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. From what time forth? From the time Isaiah said that? No, from the time, this time forth, when a child is born and a son is given. From that time forth, Christ rules and reigns. The kingdom has come. Behold, the kingdom is at hand. When Christ began his ministry, the kingdom was at hand. What did Christ speak of? The kingdom of God. The king arrived. The triumphal entry was a true entry. We should have raised up palm branches and said, Behold the king. Hosanna. He comes in the name of the Lord. Because from that time of his birth being given, the son given, until he returns, the zeal of the Lord is establishing the kingdom of God. Do you understand? Do you understand that you are in the midst of God's zealous program for planet Earth? Do you get it that you're part of the zeal of God? Jesus already did the hard work. He needs someone to be zealous about it. He needs someone to celebrate what He had accomplished. He needs his administration and His governing and ruling authority on the earth to be zealous with His throne in heaven he sits on the throne of david and he administers justice and righteousness from that throne and of the increase of his government there will be no end this thing is increasing for 2015 years this thing has been increasing it's increasing how many of you know the kingdom of god is advancing in our country we see it diminishing but fret not because all over the world it's increasing The kingdom is rising. It's rising. It's increasing. That tells me something good. If it's increasing in Africa, if it's increasing in China, if it's increasing in Russia, it can increase again in America. It can come back again. We can have it again. We can rise up again. His kingdom is without end. And it is increasing. His government and His authority is increasing. He just needs someone zealous to preach it. There's a program going on here. Either get in it. I ain't going to tell you to get out of it. I'm telling you to get in it. Get with it. Right? Zealous. He says that he is going to accomplish this and that his justice and his righteousness from that time forth and forevermore will be accomplished. And he concludes it by this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That's how it's accomplished. Do you know what the zeal of God is? His Holy Spirit. Oh, He sent the wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, to accomplish all that was necessary to establish the kingdom and remove our sins so that we could be filled with His zeal 
And now the zeal for thine house has eaten me up, the zeal of the Lord. That's us. The power of the Holy Spirit now is in His people to do this work. It is by the zeal of the Lord He shall accomplish His kingdom work. And we are containers of that zeal. Come on, you pick up one of those containers. Any one of these containers. You pick up a Holy Ghost container. Pick up a a Christian And on the back of that container, it should say zeal for the Lord right across the front. Right? I need me some zeal of the Lord. Where can I go? Go to Bill. He sits right in the other cubicle. Why should I go to him? He's a Christian. The zeal of God is all over him. Amen? That's what you are, a container of God's zeal. So someone comes over and picks you up and goes, oh, look it. Here's Here's the zeal of the Lord. It's a Christian. You look on the back ingredients and it says, these signs shall follow. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall cast out demons. No harm shall come to them. And they shall accomplish the kingdom of God. That's what we are. God is excited about what's going on. He's zealous. He hasn't lost interest in 2,000 years. That's two days to God. He's not lost interest. Huh? The, the, a year to the Lord is like a thousand, right? He's, not, this, he's excited about this thing. God's got a plan. He was excited at the beginning. We're just in the thickness of this stuff. It's getting better. It's getting better. I'm telling you what, it's going to increase, 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 increase till He returns. Till He returns. Oh no, Pastor, you got it wrong. It's going to increase, 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 and then it's going to get so bad, he's just going to pull his church out of this, and it's going to remove everything, and he's just going to give this planet over to the devil for seven years and forget about it, and he's just going to ruin it till he can come back. Just get his church out of here because we can't handle it. That's his plan. That's his plan. We got to run for the hills. Run, everybody. The devil's bad. What? This thing is of ever-increasing power. Oh, an antichrist is coming. And that antichrist is going to come because there's going to be a great delusion that he's going to be able to wrap everybody up against God that is not with him and uh, try and draw them away from the Lord so that there's just basically two sides going here. Those who have the zeal of the Lord and those who have the zeal of the devil. But don't think for a minute that God's going to leave this planet over to somebody else. This is his planet, this is his rule, this is his dominion, and his church is going to be a glorious bride, a mighty bride, and is going to be a great witness, so much so that you cannot number the number of saints that will be saved during the tribulation time. His church will rise and be glorious till he comes and we meet him in the air to return with him. Boom, here we go. I like that. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Father of everlasting life. And the Prince, the capital of Shalom. He is Jeru Shalom. He is the city of peace. He is Melchizedek, King of righteousness, King of peace. He is all in all. That's our Jesus. I want to tell you that the zeal of the Lord is here. And the zeal of the Lord is coming with increasing power. Tomorrow there'll be more zeal for this planet and what God's doing. The next day, greater zeal. It's mounting. It's happening. You've got to listen to the beat. 
You've got to listen to the song that is moving in the zeal of God. This thing is ramping up. This thing is getting powerful. The time is coming to a close where the chorus is just about to be sung and the zeal of God's people need to sing it. You've got to get ready for this thing. I'm telling you, you don't know what to do. This thing's going to be so crazy, there's no way to ready it except to be on fire for Jesus. Amen? The zeal of God has come. And again, I close with this. It was all given unto us. Let's bow our heads.